This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast. Brought to you from the team behind Cycling Plus, MBUK and BikeRadar.com. Welcome to another episode of the Bike Radar podcast. I'm Rob Spedding. I am the content director here at Bike Radar. I'm joined by Mr. Warren Rossiter, the senior tech editor for Road on Bike Radar and Cycling Plus. Hello, Warren. Hi. It's a very special time of year. It's a wonderful, wonderful time of the year because it's when Bike Radar and its uh, companion magazine, Cycling Plus, announces its road bike of the year. We are going to talk about that in this podcast. We're going to run you through, I think, Warren, the top five in, in this year's bike of the year. Yeah, I think that's where, where uh, we should focus our... We will focus our attention there. We will also reveal, of course, the winner. There are also some category winners that Warren can talk about because the the crop was very, very strong. Um, so without further ado, let's let's actually start talking about uh, Road Bike of the Year. As I say, it's Bike Radar and it's also Cycling Plus's award. It's been going for around just over a decade now. I've been there f- from the very start, as has Warren. So we've been around the block a little bit. Warren more than most, because Warren does most of the testing for, for our Bike of the Year issues. So was this year, how many bikes did you test? Um, we got it down to 20 to actually into the whole Bike of the Year thing. But um, it's kind of, it ends up being a bit bigger than that. Because effectively, we're starting testing 2020 bikes kind of mid-2019 when they start to launch. Um, so that starts to give you an idea. Obviously, we can't test every single bike that's on the market, so we have to, you know, sort of make it, a, contain it into a manageable a manageable lump. Um, and then there's always the price considerations. The price has tended to deviate over the years. You know, I, generally, it's an, it's an upward trend. Um, you know, like it or not, bikes seem to be getting more expensive. Mm. Um, if we think back a decade ago, when we were looking at, Bikes in Bike of the Year at around £1,000, £1,500. They're all Ultegra. Now, all the bikes in this test, and this test was 2500 to 4000 are predominantly Ultegra. So you can see that there's been this this upward shift. Why, why do you think that is? I mean, I um, I to give a bit of background, uh, Content Director, Bike Radar, Cycling Plus, Mountain Biking UK. Very grand title. I obviously work very hard. But for 12 years, I was editor of Cycling Plus, And whenever we talked about Bike of the Year, one of the things I probably moaned to you most about was, oh, Warren, the bikes are all too expensive. And then you would come back with a very, very convincing argument as to, 
why those bikes were so expensive or well, not so expensive but the, why the prices seem to have gone up. I always kind of wanted to keep it around you know 1500 2000 pounds which I, I think is still quite a lot of money for a bike um but the new models it, they, the price points do seem to have crept up a little bit it, it just seems to have been a, a you know a, a factor since the really since the, the off the back of the boom in in road cycling um if you think back to the early days of bike of the year there was a lot of me too product out there. There mm. was a lot of product that was effectively the same physical thing. Right. Um, so when you say that, you mean there were bikes with different brands, but same frame. Effectively the same frame. Yeah. So, yeah. so how does that work? What? Uh, you can go to a manufacturer, be it wherever, be it in, in Europe, be it in Asia. Um, they will have a certain catalog of, of mm-hmm. frames that they produce. Quite a lot of them are very good. Um, but you order a certain amount. You say you want it painted this way. You want this this equipment put on it, and you want your logo put on it. So same it, same bike, different brand, different name. Yeah, and that doesn't happen so much nowadays. It's actually... almost um, you almost don't see it at all now. You know because you've seen so much investment. I think at the top end in R and D, especially, and it's really reflected in the quality of the bikes that we're seeing now. That those kind of me two products that were trying to compete outside of the ultra budget market just can't compete anymore and so you've seen a lot of brands that would have gone down that route in days past have put investment into creating their own product and revamping their lines and coming up with some really significantly good stuff um so that kind of yeah no uh, middling straight to market thing is is a thing of the past you know you look at the, the the big straight to market guys now the you know the ultimate exponent of that is canyon yeah they're, they're you know they're at the highest echelons of sport in cycling mm. in every discipline you can think of you know and and they have come from some very you know simple origins mm. we've seen a similar thing with the likes of rose in germany as well and now in the uk with ribble you know ribble have put a whole new design team in there there's a whole new structure there they're designing and developing bikes in-house mm. And they've just elevated, you know, everybody's kind of elevated. And it's it's kind of the whole market's been lifted. And generally pricing has gone up on on, on parts and manufacturing and shipping. And uh, sadly, that all gets, you know, reflected back onto the, as the consumer. Handed down to the consumer. But what you're basically saying there is that bikes have got, in the decade we've been doing this uh, t- together, um, the bikes have got better. Yeah, significantly so, better. Which is, which is great. But that, that, that's difficult for us as testers, for you as a tester, particularly you and the tech team of uh, Robin Wilmot uh, and Simon Withers and the guys on Bike Radar as well. It, it's obviously, uh, that makes, makes p- picking bikes difficult. Uh, so what's the selection criteria? What's the selection criteria for Bike of the Year? How did you get down to that 20? Yeah. Well, initially we go... Um, it was decided on the price, and that involves quite a lot of you know just consulting with with you know industry figures, people we know, and looking at where they're seeing growth, um, where they're seeing you know more sales are in, and it was in that kind of two and a half grand to four grand, and mm. even higher. You know, this is that's why we've done in Cycling Plus this year. There's a special just on superbikes, yeah. You know, sort of money in your object bikes. That's in the latest issue as well. Um, so that's eleven. Super bikes, basically yeah. bikes that cost yeah. more than five, six thousand pounds. There are some gorgeous things in there. There are uh, some, and you and you tested them all, and you do crown a a winner there. But we're not going to talk about that. Maybe that's another podcast. Super yeah. bike of the year. Yeah, um, but so it, it almost seems like post the huge cycling boom that, uh, especially in the UK, which happened, you know, kind of post Olympics and and with the likes of Bradley Wiggins' successes. Um, Lots and lots of those people that came into the sport then are now looking for their second bike. Now they probably bought something like a cycle to work scheme type type price bike, you know, thousand pounds, fifteen hundred pounds, and now they're looking for their next best mm. bike. And it's looking like it's two and a half grand going up to about four grand. Is is that key key area? And so that's how the selection process started. We looked at pretty much every single bike that was on the market. There's a lot of these the newer bikes that you've seen. Um, we've been privy to being on the launch and so we've ridden a version of it so we know that it's good we know it's got potential and so you have to you know whittle it down to you know it's all you know I I kind of say that all the bikes that made the top 20 that we actually ended up testing are there on merit Mm. you know we didn't 
it wasn't just, it wasn't just the 20 bytes we could get no it, there, there, there was a pre-selection <laughs> there was a process of yeah. actually getting them in and they're, they're almost like they needed to qualify to be there yeah. and now there can be different reasons for that it can be it's really new and it's really exciting it can be a, a value judgment it can be something that they does something a bit different to you know so there are lots of reasons for them to be there but the, the overriding factor was this is the price point that we're seeing that's mm. most popular that's where we start. And how many of these, the twenty bytes that made it, it made the cut into the into the the, the top twenty? Um, how many of them are brand spanking new models for this year? And how many are sort of just uh, variations on a theme, if you like? Um, well, it's a it's a mixture of both. You know, um, we've got one which is absolutely brand new for twenty twenty. Um, another couple of them are evolutions of bikes that that we've had before in fact two of them were finalists last year as well yeah. it's just they've come with a with a new offering a new price point that you know really really makes them stand out um and there is one bike that has been around for a while but it's never been seen at this price point mm. before um so it's really interesting there's a really interesting mix there um and you know they're, they're all really really deserving yeah. of their place so as i say it's it's been one of the toughest ones yeah, we've done. It's so close. It's so tight. Um, it's to you know which comes out on top. So you got we we whittled it down. You whittled it down to a top five. Um, and uh, in the magazine, if you want lovely pictures <clears throat> of the bikes, you can obviously you can get those. Uh, uh, and there'll be pictures as well on Bike Radar because websites don't really work without pictures either. Um, we whittled that down to a top five. You took those over to Gran Canaria. So we, we, we'll go through that top five. But um, I think it's worth pointing out that there are bikes from plenty of other brands. So if I tell you the top five brands, I, I, I'll just sort of read these out. Here are, the, here are the brands that have made it into the top five. We've got Giant, we've got Trek, we've got Cannondale, we've got Focus, and we have Canyon. So there'll be people saying, well, I, I, you know, people are quite brand loyal. So let's let's pick a brand Bianchi. Are they in the top 20? Yes, yeah, we've got okay. a Bianchi, we've got a Bianchi in there. Um, it was that was a new uh, a new price point model for them. Mm -hmm. Um it's called the the Infinito XE. Now the Infinito um as it stands it was kind of their endurance endurance model even though their pro tour teams use them. Mm -hmm. Um but it, it was one of those bikes that was always premium priced it was always you know it was up there with the old trays and you know so um for this year they've launched one called the the, the xe which is effectively a uh it offers very similar things to the the infinito it's just not quite as expensive mm. to produce and actually it's a really really good bike really yeah. solid um good contender um any other brands that you sort of think we should you know give a nod to because they they had some great bikes that didn't make the top yeah five? yeah was it all know, of them you know we've got we've got <laughs> Previous winners in there. We've got the likes of, you know, Specialised with the Roubaix. Um, Last year's winner, was that in there? Was uh, that, that's in Superbikes. Yeah, the yeah, that, the Rondo was, mm. is, is a little bit too expensive um, mm. uh, to, to quite make this one. Um, yeah, Specialised, for instance, you know, yeah. with, with with both of the course. Roubaix and the Tarmac, you know, that made, that made both of those made the top 20. Both fabulous bikes. It's just in the price point that they decided to get the bikes in on, they just weren't as competitive. Right. Value-wise, okay. uh, as as we've come to expect from them, so um, it, you know it's kind of great basis. Need a bit of work okay. on a few other you know yeah. bits, as it were. And, and we've talked about it being road bike of the year, but I do I know that the the you know the boundaries are getting blurred. Road bikes are gravel bikes; they're road bikes. But we did test. You did test five gravel bikes. Is that yeah. right? That was yeah, part, yeah. Of the, part of the mix. Oh, in fact, there, there were <clears> there were more gravel bikes, but we we kind of paired it down to the final 20 mm. so um again it's it's a fairly burgeoning fairly new thing yeah. uh, and the you know the, the gravel one was really um a really tough one to call you know there mm. were there were some great great bikes in there you know um we've got the likes of uh canyon with you know with the uh with the grail mm -hmm. you know yeah, really high spec good good riding bike kind of divisive looking to some Absolutely. people so that's but that's because of the double decker hover bar right yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and then you know you've got the likes of Canada in there mm -hmm. with the with you know the innovation that is a top stone you yeah. know a, effectively a, having mm -hmm. a rear travel bike with no shock unit or anything yeah. quite cleverly done GT's grade yeah which um, mm -hmm. you know the grade was one of the I probably say it was one of the first mass market yeah absolutely gravel bikes out there um, and this is the new iteration of it the you know newly developed newly advanced one mm -hmm. what so what's what 
what's so good about this one? Because this one is the GT grade. It's definitely worth talking about. Spoiler alert. Yeah, I mean, it is absolutely worth talking about. But, it, you know, you take all the innovation that came out of the original, mm. you know, especially when you're looking at the back end that, on the original where they they switched out the rear carbon seat stays for actually a, a fiberglass piece. Right. Because fiberglass, if you think about fishing rod, how you know, mm -hmm. incredibly flexible it is while still being super strong, um, they, they introduced that on the grade just to give that rear end compliance. And it truly, truly worked. Yeah. On the new version... Not only have they retained that element, they've actually improved it because if you think of the classic GT triple triangle profile where you get the small triangle at the, at the seat and top, mm -hmm. top tube junction, um, on this, the seat stays aren't bonded anymore to the seat right. tube. So the seat tube is completely almost independent of it. Okay. So you get the incredible flex out of the rear stays, but then the seat tube itself uh, in its bottom third, it flattens into almost like a, like a blade. That acts like a leaf spring. Right. And you can get... 25 30 mil of of flex at the saddle so it's incredibly capable on really rough terrain mm. um and it's super smooth when you're riding it on the road as well they've also increased tire clearance so it can take a really big volume tire now whereas i think when the original came out we still weren't that far into the whole kind of the way the gravels evolved so a 35c tire was considered massive mm. um so it, it soon became a sort of a limiting factor on the previous design. This one, it's now dual wheel size. You can go up to a two-inch plus tire or if you go down to 650B. Big tire clearance on 700. It's a super light frame. You know, it's the frame weight's like, nine, you know, just over 900 grams, which is... And know, that's for a bike in your size, a 58 yeah, my yeah. size. And that's, yep. that's impressive for a, a road bike. Yeah. On a gravel bike, it's almost unheard of. So, you know, it, it's, it hits so many boxes. And it's also a great price. Mm. You know, the the... The Carbon Pro, which is their top-level model, which yeah. we tested, you know, that comes with really nice set of WTB uh, tubeless-ready wheels. Um, it's it's Ultegra-equipped, but it's Ultegra DI2. Right. It's got the RX rear mech with the clutch on it, so mm -hmm. your chain doesn't bounce and fall off. You know, it's just an incredible value package. Um, and how much is that in was, UK pounds? Yeah, well, three three four nine nine. Okay, yeah. and and is that and and this is something that I, I probably sort of want to talk about as we talk about the other bikes. That frame. Um, you know, that's the top end frame. Is that frame available as yes, you go the, down the, I think the price range? Three carbon models. Mm. So that frame actually starts at uh, on a bike at eighteen hundred okay. pounds. I mean, in fact, I've I've got the eighteen hundred pound frame set, which I've built up as you know as one of my own like personal bikes um, to run Shimano's new GRX mm. groups on, and it's great. And uh, what I really like about about the uh, the grade over its rivals. If you take the top stone, that's a kind of hype, that's a race. Uh, yeah. That's for kind of gravel racing. The geometry on it is pretty much exactly the same as a synapse. And so my thoughts on the top stone were if you put a set of road wheels on it, you could use it for both. Mm. You know, it's like it, it almost it almost makes the Cannondale synapse redundant. It's so good on the road. Right. And capable of Cannondale wouldn't want you to say that. No, they probably wouldn't. No, <laughs> no. Uh, or Canyon, you know, mm -hmm. Canyon with the with the Grail. Again, that's a really hard, kind of high performance fast bike. But the GT is slightly different, is it just feels a bit more playful. Right. It's it's a bike you can just be a big kid on. You can go, you know, mess about and mess around. You know, ride like ride through the woods, ride through single track, mm. jump, jump things, drop off stuff and everything. Yeah. It just feels that little bit more is it is chuckable. it is it the sort of bike you would have as your second bike you know is it your, is it is it one of your own plus ones yeah rather I, than I, a, yeah i think so yeah i think mm. so definitely i definitely but it is it's it's truly versatile as well yeah. you know so that that that's the the gt grade and i think it's i think it would be fair to say you liked it so we could reveal our first award can we so that is yeah. the GT that is grade. the gt grade is our gravel bike of the gravel year bike of the year so there you go and and i think you know to caveat it, again it's well worth when bearing in mind when we're talking about these bikes and the, the prices that they're at, you can get the very same, you know, similar frames, similar tech on bikes that don't cost as much or more if you if you want to go the other way. So don't think that because a bike is £3,000, you can't have that bike. You can have that bike in many cases. Uh, you just have slightly different bits on it and those slightly different bits probably won't affect its performance Hugely, you know, it will still be a fantastic bike. So if we move on to the the top five, um, and maybe we'll just do this in in no particular order. I could do some sort of countdown 
top of the pops music but i i won't and obviously that reference is useless for anyone listening outside of 1970s great britain but where where should we start was what bike would you like to talk about first from the top five well i guess we could go with one that's making its second final mm-hmm. appearance that being um focus is new well not new now but the focus is alco max disc so that was that made last year's top it five did. as well yeah didn't it? yeah in a uh, a slightly high spec version, okay. um, but this year it's the new. It's the eight point eight, um, and it's just a, a great example of everything that a modern race bike should be. You know, it's got lots and lots of um, really, really clever aerodynamic work that's gone into the design of the frame. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got a beautifully integrated fork. You've got um, the, the drop stage. The you know the aero the aero profile tubing, but in typical focus fashion um they've hit quite a high mark on on spec you know on spec and value for money um the the bike that we had like pretty much every other bike that's in the test is shimano Ortegra. yeah and that's mechanical it's the meter- yeah. mechanical yeah um but yeah so this is a bike that's that's um was a finalist last year and it's a finalist against this year that being the focus is Alco max disc last year we had a slightly higher spec version this year it's the new 8.8 model um Three thousand three hundred ninety-nine pounds. It's got everything that we loved last year. Beautiful, really, really well accomplished frame. You know, really good aero touches on it. The integration on the, the way they've integrated onto the front fork is really, really nicely achieved. Um, you've got the drop stays at the back. Mm. It's you know, it's got um, plenty of of give in that back end to give you that little bit of comfort. Although it is still you know very much a, a kind of firm racing bike yeah you're, you're sort of talking about right throughout this we'll talk about race bikes and endurance bikes i mean what everything is is starting in some places is coming together in other places it is diverging but you know what's the difference between a race bike um and um an endurance bike or a sportive bike and should we actually care you know if you just want to buy a bike a road bike because you know we used to call them racers anyway they were all racers. yeah yeah they were yeah i mean that's the thing we've seen this kind of diversification mm. as were in the road market you know it started out that all bikes were just racers yeah then then when there, we were lads <laughs> yeah, and then it came you know it, it came to the the endurance bike which is just a bit really a modern interpretation of what you used to call like a classic Audax bike mm. or you know drop bar bikes of they've they've you know we've had Taurus we've had Audax but yeah. the, the racer was the you know that was the one and then as the endurance kind of market has evolved and the, the whole explosion of your Grand Fondos and your Sportives that have become incredibly competitive, um, people wanted more of those kind of racing tracks in their comfortable road bike. And adversely, you've also seen that, uh, you know, especially within, within pro racing, bikes got so light and so stiff uh, and so mechanically efficient, as it were, they almost forgot about the rider. And yeah. so... You know, I have heard reports from lots of brands where, where riders were complaining that, yeah, the bike's so light, yeah, the bike's so fast, but, God, it, it hurts. Mm. And so comfort, you know, so we were drawing comfort from the endurance side uh, and giving performance back sort of thing. So you have seen this this kind of conversion. So the modern race bike, it does have that more aggressive position. So you're a little bit lower, you know, when you're, when you're in the saddle. Um, you're a little bit more stretched out. So you're in that more kind of aggressive, more kind mm. of attack position. Um and on a on an endurance bike, you've got a slightly shorter reach, so you're a little bit more upright. It's a sort of you know you, you can you can look around and see the trees and flowers mm. etc. a bit more, but especially the flowers. But yeah, that's important. But, but you know there there has been this this kind of melding of the two, and with the, with like for 2020s bikes, we're seeing it even more and more. Even things like out and out aero bikes, mm. which were still you know, over the last few years, the brutishly fast, stiff, you know, the the powerhouse bikes. Yeah. Even those we're now seeing are becoming, you know, comfort is becoming a, a, an issue on them. It's becoming something that people are actually designing in. So the 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 Azalco Max is fast but comfortable. Is is does that sort of fall into the slightly more aggressive? Yeah, uh, yeah it's certainly. Got so a, you can't look yeah. at flowers and trees whilst riding. It's certainly focus. got the much more you know the more aggressive riding mm. position, um, and it, it has comfort of a level. Yeah, you know, it's still a firm bike. You can still you know, mm. it's still one of those bikes that transmits the road surface you're riding right. on. It still gives you plenty of feedback. It, it doesn't communicate. Yeah, it doesn't isolate you from right. from what's going on. 
Um, but by the same factor, it doesn't, you know. It's not going to beat you up. Yeah. It doesn't keep kicking you. It doesn't rattle your feelings. Sort of. <laughs> that's, that's an advantage, particularly for me, with my bad British teeth. So it, it's, you know, a great bike. We, we always used to say, oh, German bikes, they're so, they're, they're, they're so uncomfortable. That's such a cliche now. So we we're not even going to say it. So other good stuff on there. I mean, Novatech wheels. Yeah. I mean, this them. is this is where I think focus have been a bit clever. Mm. Um, you know, Novatech is a big, big wheel brand. They're... Their hubs are found on lots of lots of different areas, but you very rarely see Novatech Spectre's original equipment on it on any bikes. Um, and I find it quite interesting that Focus have kind of stepped away from the the, the expectation that you would see, you know, your, your your Fulcrums or your you know Mavics or whatever those typical brands that just seem to end up as as original equipment. And they've kind of stepped away and they've found these Novatechs. Um, and the the R five is a really nice wheel. Mm. You know, it's it's competitively light. Um, the aero shape is is thoroughly modern. It's nice and broad. It shapes the tire really well. Um, it's just a, a great wheel to see on a bike at this at this price point. Mm. You know, a lot a lot of the competition around this sort of money. You're looking at um, bikes with that will still have aluminium wheels or, um, you know, kind of downgraded versions of af- of aftermarket wheels. So. It's a bike you like. It's got um, just a, a little, little bit of com- completeness. I guess it's got a pro compact. Yeah, fifty two thirty six. Yeah, yeah. Keep that kind of racy. Yeah, to keep that racy edge on it. But you've still got a fairly broad set yeah, with eleven thirty. You, 30 you can get uphills on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing I do, I do want to talk about, just, or just quickly bring up. I remember last year when you were testing the Zalco Max, you noticed when you were riding fast a little bit of a whistle coming from front. Does it still do that? No, doesn't um, play a tune. Interestingly, anyway. okay. um, and. It was something I was to and froed with quite a lot with the, mm. with the guys at Focus to trying to get to the bottom of it because mm. initially I thought it and might... you found out it was a hole in your shorts, right? <laughs> no, yeah, sort of. <laughs> um, initially, I thought it was because if you look at the front end on the the Zalco Max, mm. um, the way they've integrated the fork crown into the into the frame is r- much much deeper than we've seen from anybody else. Mm. Um, it gives the kind of visual appearance that the bike looks really slammed. Even if you're running a few right. spaces and it's quite, you know, you've you've made the stack quite high, it gives this. But that also conversely, it means if you look at the f- the top of the front tire to the top of the foreground, there's a massive gap. Right. You know, it's like it's getting off for a couple of inches. Mm. It's it's much bigger than you you'd ever imagine. And that was to do with aerodynamics about the turbulence coming off the wheel mm. and not interfering with the crown. But I thought, have they created you know some sort of area Whist- there, whistling the, device? The whistling device. Yeah. Turns out what it is, it's the the stem that they use mm. on the eight series models, because the nine series gets its own integrated yeah. stem. Um, uh, the, the literally the design of that, the 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 bolt housing for it mm. is almost um, sits proud right. of the actual the actual stem. So you have this gap behind, and then a hollow aluminium tube, and it has the wind rushed both uh, under and over the round bar and into it. It whistled at a right. pitch. So when I, what I found last year was when you were riding at sort of around twenty five mile an hour, you could literally take your hand off the bars mm. and and turn the whistling on and off yeah. by just waving your hand right. in, in front of it. And I was going back and forth with focus trying to find out why this was, and they, and they eventually came back and said, yeah, it's the stem. Mm. And so the one thing I did expect them to have changed this year was like, oh, they would have done a, a different new, stem, a different stem. But they haven't. What they've done is they've pushed a foam core into the right. stem, basically blocked the hole. Okay. Um, so I would say if you do go down the route of of buying one of these Focus, this Alcos, which is a great bike, you know, if you're ever changing the bar or anything, you see a bit of foam in there, just leave it be. Leave the foam in there. Yeah. yeah. Unless you like the idea of a bike. Of a whistling bike. A whistling bike. I think, actually, that, that's a good uh, good time to move on to another German bike because we're talking about stems. And I, ha- I have some history with this bike, the Canyon Endurace. I um, I rode one for about a year in 2018 when I was training for the Etap. I rode the Etap de Tour on it. I was a really big fan, but I did break its stem. But that's that's just by being an idiot. Um, carbon stem, carbon steerer, and uh, massive muscles, you know, <laughs> just didn't go well. Yeah. Um, so the 2020 Endurace, I'd probably still be able to break the stem because I think it's uh, it, this, the integrated stem yeah. and handlebar, isn't it? The H31, I think that is. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Canyon fans. Um, so, yeah, the Endurace... Yeah, I Good. mean, you know, this this does win from the longest <clears throat> bike name in the top five: mm. the Canyon Enduro CF SL Disc 8.0 Aero Di2. You get your value for money. You just get your value that, for money yeah. just in yeah, just in the naming. Um, now, the Enduro is is a bike that 
I've, I've liked over the years, mm. but I've never been totally enamoured with it because it is supposed to be their endurance model, but the clues in the name, it's called the Endure Race. Mm. So it's every Intercanyon race bike. It's just slightly altered the geometry. Mm. Um, but even for an endurance bike, it's still fairly aggressive. Mm. It's still fairly long and fairly low compared to, say, you know, a classic of that genre like a Roubaix. Um, and, and that's not a bad thing. But it was a bike that promised comfort and I thought never quite delivered. Right. And I think that was just because of Canyon's adherence to just um, skinny tyres, mm. you know, skinnier tyres. I mean, I I rode the the original launch of the of the Endurance mm. disc um, on an event, you know, an event in Germany, which was super fast, long, you know, long event. And because it felt so racy and I was racing on beautifully smooth German roads, I thought, yeah, this is great. Mm. And it's only when you got it home or you rode it on less than ideal conditions, you're like, oh, this is a bit harsh. Mm. And I think that original one was on like, 23s right. then it moved to 25s and they kind of stuck with 25s mm. for this year they've changed the wheel specification so they've moved over to reynolds with the ar41 yeah which is a really nice really very very good wheel incredible to see a wheel of that caliber on a bike at this price mm. um and the the reynolds ar rim is modernly wide it's got a big internal diameter it's well shaped for bigger volume tires the endurance frame can take that capacity of tire um you know the the Reynolds AR wheel for 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 instance that rim is exactly the same rim found on their premium line the ARX. All they've done is downgraded the hub a little bit, so it just adds a little bit of weight. Performance, you know, um, dynamically is pretty much the same. Um, and so I think for this year, what the Canyon have done with the Enduro is because they've moved to this broader rim and they're specking one of the best clincher tires out there for it in Continental's new GP five thousand. Mm. It now delivers everything it should have done. Right. It now delivers the comfort. It now delivers the you know the smooth ride that you always thought that bike was destined to have, mm. and it never quite got there. You know, and and because you get some really nice you know Canyon equipment on it, you're getting the VCLS post, which you know as we know it's got plenty of compliance in mm. there, which ends up making that back end you know super nice smooth. smooth. Yeah. The H31 combo bar stem that you know that you. If you're a mechanical you, numpty, it can be difficult. Just, just, you just take care when you're doing it. Most, most normal, normal humans will be fine with it. It was just me. Yeah, and, you know, historically, one piece bar and stems haven't necessarily been the most comfortable thing. Mm. Um, but this one does a really good job. Certainly, does a much better job than some of Canyon's earlier one piece bar, yeah. bars and stems, which were very, very race oriented. So they were all about resolute stiffness. Mm. This, this bike. It's balanced and it's comfortable and it's really well equipped. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's why it sort of, it, it, it does hit those high marks. Um, and being Canyon, it's really got value for money. You know, it's, it's, yeah, Altegra, it's, it's Altegra DR2. DR2 at about 3,750 quid minus a pence here in the UK. So that is really good value. And this is it's the only bike in this... Uh, in this top five with DI2, isn't it? It is, yeah. 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 Uh, which is kind of the thing you'd expect from Canyon. Mm. Um you know, uh, and so talking about it in, in in those sort of glowing terms, you'd think, oh, you know, it seems to offer everything mm. you'd, you'd ever want. It did have a couple of foibles, though, yeah. that I just um, that I just found. And this this was really, this was exposed when, when we spent the week out, you know, uh, riding in Gran Canaria, where we were doing some, some big climbs, but even more importantly, we were doing some really big descents, mm. lots of, you know, technical technical descending. And I just found that, I could induce brake rub when right. climbing out the saddle on the front, on the mm -hmm. fork. And on descending, I, I was getting a similar, I, if I leaned the bike hard into a, you know, mm. hard into a corner, you know, just try and just like crack that apex and just fire through, I could almost induce the front brake. Right. You could certainly get a bit of kind of, shh, mm. you know, with the rotor, ro the rotor just rubbing. And so, it was those kind of, but that's quite, you know, it's, it's kind, of kind of extreme riding. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah but it's kind of those little foibles on the yeah. limit that it was just kind of, oh, that's not quite, not quite perfect, not quite perfect, but it's close, but very close. Yeah, right. yeah. I'm pretty sure that you know, uh, lighter riders or less aggressive, mm. or non-bike testers, I guess, yeah, people who not, are, you know, less aggressive descenders mm. would probably never experience that to the extent where it would become a concern you know yeah. they might occasionally hear a tick or a, a little yeah, yeah. you know a little scrape and that would be that but 
you know, it was almost like once I'd once I'd found its limit, it was quite easy to keep getting there. Yeah. Then. Okay. I would just be crying before I got there, so that's fine. Another bike that I, I've had experience um, of because I was lucky enough to go to the launch, um, you know, out in Wisconsin just that one time, um, is the Trek Madone. The, the SL, we got the Trek Madone SL6 disc in uh, in this uh, in this test. That's made the the top five. Uh, I think this is probably the the top five is the slightly is probably the most expensive of the bikes. Just a, a whisker under four thousand pounds. Three well, hundred pounds under uh, four thousand pounds. But quite a lot of tech packed into this. Yeah, I mean, in terms of price. Yeah, it's the most expensive one here. It's three thousand nine hundred pounds. But if you wanted to buy into Trek's cutting edge aero KVF design frame, mm. replete with ISO speed, if you were doing this last year, you'd be looking at over six thousand pounds yeah. to even you know to even get close for this year to for them to take that that frame set and now in the SL form rather than the SLR. So there have been some small. Changes. Is it a different carbon or is it? It's 500 series OCL V. Mm. So yeah, it's slightly downgraded, but they haven't they ha- they haven't fundamentally changed anything. You know, it used to be that something like ISO speed, um, predominantly on things like the Demani, on the high end ones, you, it was adjustable and you had everything. Mm. But on the the lower end ones, you just had ISO speed. Yeah. Here they've retained that full adjustability on the rear. So it's worth explaining actually that ISO speed system, isn't it? It's basically um, there's a, a bolt underneath the top tube, and you un- you can undo that and you move it backwards and forwards, and it it um, it, it adjusts the with the compliance. Basically, yeah, you can make it stiffer or yeah. softer. Yeah. I mean, it's not a you know it doesn't go from super stiff to my eyeing it's kind of a pretty subtle but yeah, you can yeah. but just having that the ability to do that you know it's um uh, and for them to get that tech into mm. a bike at this price it, it's a it, it's been a really it's a really clever thing for them to have yeah. done you know um one one of the main reasons for that is they've gone away from the integrated bar and stem system on the on the slr versions of the bikes they've gone to just a standard mm. bond trader setup but even the way they've achieved that is really nice because Obviously, on the top of Madone, everything's fully integrated. Yeah. Uh, here, they've created a dedicated spacer system, so the cables kind of loop round and back and behind the stem, a bit like classic kind of Cervelo design, um, works really, really well. Mm. And you can upgrade to that Bontrager speed, speed stem, I think it's called. You can just buy that aftermarket. It works on any traditional round bar. So if you wanted to go to a full integrated Madone route, you could do it. Mm-hmm. What really set this bike apart in the in the aero category was how comfortable it is. Right, it's it's astonishingly comfortable. You know, mm. it's a very very fast bike. You can feel the aero working. You know, with things like the the really deep aeroless comp five wheels, um, you're getting all those true aero mm. benefits, things you expect from the Madone. But the way it just rolls over ground is just astonishing. It's so smooth, and and it's kind of. In this instance, comfort equates speed. You know, it's still got the aggressive ride position. It's still got everything, but you you don't have to back down when you hit the hit rough surfaces, right. which you you would have had to have done on the older ones, on, on older aero bikes. Mm. You know, you know some of the original. It used to be another cliche, wasn't it? Yeah. Aero bikes are stu- stu- stupidly stiff, stupidly hard. Yeah, and will they ended up being up. kind of overbuilt. Mm. You know, because they were dealing with these big aero shapes that mm. aren't necessarily torsionally, you know, stiff enough. Um, so they overbuilt them. It, but this one, it just it. An aero bike has no right to be this mm. comfortable. It's just it, it, yeah. it's a it's a standard setter for for what can be mm. achieved when you're dealing with aerodynamics and, and building comfort into it. And it's, they should be really really applauded for that yeah. because it 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 becomes so usable. Um, Everyday aero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got an eleven twenty eight on the back though. Is that a, is that an issue here? Um, I mean, no, it shouldn't be. Shouldn't no, it should be. You know, it's got a compact in it. Yeah, if you think you know, about it, you know, only twenty eight. It's, it's good. Fifty thirty four with eleven twenty eight. It's, yeah. it's pretty much all, all you'd need. Yeah. I mean, it, even though you know we did have, we were having conversations about that when we were mm. out. Um, Is that because we've so, we got so used to thirty twos, and you know the yeah. the canyon's got a thirty four, yeah, yeah. the giant defy that we're talking about. Yeah, that's I mean, got a know, uh, the, the test team were out there for that final mm. week. I mean, you know, I put a uh, you know one of our colleagues adrian on this mm. bike and adrian is a sort of uh, a veteran of some of the biggest toughest sportive veterans giving him a lot of credit he, he has he, done some big he's done some of the biggest the Ops, he finished the, the mighty Otsala in germany which i didn't 
in Austria, sorry, German fans, Austrian fans. Anyway, the yeah. Otsala in and Austria. So, and so he's kind of that classic endurance mm. bike rider. And I said, well, I'm going to put you on the aerobike, see what you think. Mm. And um, he loved it. It was yeah. like, it was so impressed with the comfort levels on it. And he and he did say, oh, yeah, but I do miss my, like, I miss my 11.30. Mm. But he was still, you know, heading up every climb. Mm. He was still, you know, setting a really good pace. Yeah. And, it, and we were sort of talking about it. And he was like, maybe we've just become it's a comfort blanket we've come accustomed yeah. It's, yeah it's having that it's mm. having that the bailout that, that bailout that although it's not much of a bailout for people like me um cool uh, any 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 sort of things about the madonna i mean that would i mean it's it is i think we you've crowned it our aero bike of the year so it's good yeah yeah yeah, it's brilliant. I mean what could it do better is that right quality well there are things on it that i you know i'd like to see improved um I talked about the Aeolus comp wheels. Mm-hmm. Now, these are proper deep aero section wheel, but they're kind of built in an old school way. So right. it's an aluminium rim with a structural fairing, oh, okay. which is what we used to see on some really good wheels. Mm. You remember like the old Head Jet 6, which yeah. a brilliant wheel, but that was built in the same way. So it's kind of using an old old technique, which does have a little bit of a bearing on weight. Um, but they, the aero performance, I think it deserves mm. it. The one thing I would have liked to have seen on it um, is... Uh, slightly better tires. The the, right. the tires are hard cased, so they're puncture resistant, etc. Mm-hmm. They don't quite have the sparkle the rest of the bike does. So I think with a you know a light set of, a, a, you know a nice lightweight set of tires on there with a low rolling resistance would just give it that little bit mm. more bit more punch, that bit okay. more, you know that that little bit more fire to it. Um, but again, you know. They're good tough tires. They'll, mm. they'll they they'll do you just swap them out when they were you know when you, if you're if you're in that competitive mm. mood, a, a lighter set of boots would would just do it yeah. do it justice. Um, moving on to uh, another bike that was uh, in last year's top five. So we've we've talked about the focus is Alco Max, the Giant uh, Defy Advanced Pro Two. Tell us a bit about that. That that comes in at around three four nine nine in the UK. Um, the prices are going to be similar uh, in, in the US unless um, unless things change over the next few few weeks. Um, yeah, Giant Defy. We 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 love this bike, don't we? I I do. I'm, I'm a huge huge fan of the mm. Defy. I think it's um uh it it seems to be one of those bikes that's just been everything about it has been designed to work together. Mm. You know, it, it's like they they didn't make a frame and then go. Well, let's just find some bits to put on it. Yeah, it, it it's got this much more holistic approach, and it was right up there last year. Uh, in fact, I think the only thing I could criticise it for last year was uh, disc rotor choice because when you got into yes, the, into the large size bikes mm. like my size, equivalent of a fifty eight, they they'd stuck with one forty rotors mm. front and rear, and so I could just cut back front rotor after a couple of descents, yeah. and it'd just be noisy all day. But it seems the giant were listening. Because oh, so this they've year, changed it. They've changed it. It's you have a, influence. Hashtag influence. Hopefully, yeah. It's got a 160 on the front now, so mm. that kind of went away. So this one right. little sort of niggle I had with it has, mm. has dissipated. Um, and the best things about the Defy are, uh, you, you know, the, the frame is is race bike stiff. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm a, I am a fan of Giants anyway. You know, the last bike I actually spent my own money out and went and bought was a TCR Advance. Mm. You know, the disc version of that. It's a bike I'd had as a long-termer for a year. Couldn't face giving it back because I loved it so mm. much. So it was just, okay, here's my, you know. You just threw money at them. Here's, here's my card, you know, just, you know, I'll pay for it. Mm. Uh, and and the Defy is kind of built to the, that same kind of performance standards. But they've used some really clever carbon design to just induce comfort where you need yeah. it. Is that on the frame or is that across the... It's across everything, you know. So, so like, the back end... Yeah, you've got the typical, you know, seat stays designed to flex and everything, but then you move into the the seat post, which they call the D fuse, mm. and the D shaped seat post is something we see on pretty much every new yeah. bike launched. It's a giant creation. It, it first appeared on the TCX cross bike, mm. and since then it's been rolled out. You know, everybody has kind of adopted it for the reason that it does what it you know it says it's supposed to do, which um, is uh, laterally it remains stiff, mm-hmm. but because of the shaping it. The fore and aft movement, right? It's got plenty, you know, and because the giant is fairly low slung frame, you got plenty of seat post exposed, plenty of, of room for movement. Mm. So you get this really nice compliant back end. Well, the clever thing they've done with the Defy is that they've replicated that on the front. So they've got a defuse handlebar, I see, which uses the same kind of D shape, yeah, as it were, and 
it, it's kind of magical how well this thing works mm. because when you're in those critical kind of situations, say you're, you're standing out of the saddle, you're on the hoods, you're really honking on the bars, the bar feels incredibly mm. stiff. Or, you know, should you be down at the drops and wanting to sprint, it feels really, really stiff. So it's kind of stiff um, when you pull on mm. the bar, but then when you're riding normally and you hit anything underneath, you know, we hit a pothole, we hit a sleeping policeman, or you hit, a, you know, just a, a rough section of road, mm. um, it has an incredible amount of give when it's being pushed. Yeah. Um, so it's got this incredible compliance where you need it, keeping it really, really smooth at the front, matched to the smoothness at the back, yeah. which a lot of bikes with their comfort orientation, a lot of them never get that balance right because they'll do something really clever at the back end and they'll, they'll feel a little and they'll, bit imbalanced. They'll, they'll sort right of forget now, yeah. about the front. Mm. But this bike just feels beautifully balanced. Okay. For this year as well, they've moved to a broader tyre. There's been a big trend in... Yeah, how big how big's the rubber on They're 32s. This? Right, so that is getting into gravel bike territory, isn't well, it? Well, it's, 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 it's getting to the limits mm. of, of road, but it's mm. something we're seeing more and more of. You know, Trek do it with the Damani. They, yep. they now ship that bike with 32s on it. Um, BMC do a similar thing with the, with the road machine. Mm. So... Um, you could argue you're getting a bit of a trade-off because there's a bit more weight there. Yeah. But all of these 32s are tubeless, so mm. you're making a few savings there in as the wheel design changes. Do, they, do the giant ones um, ship as tubeless? Yeah, or they, arrive, they, they arrive set up tubeless. One of the only brands out there to yeah. do it, and it's you know, most welcome. Mm. Although, I would say, anybody out there that's spending this sort of money on a bike that comes with tubeless-ready tyres, mm. tubeless-ready wheels, and it's got inner tubes in it in the shop... Mm. The shop should set it up cheapest for you right. before you take it out the door. It's just just ask. You just ask, yeah. yeah. Um, but now it's gone to the, as I say with these bigger volume tires, mm. you could argue there's a bit of a trade off from weight. There isn't really, but the 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 comfort you get from it, the the confidence that the bigger broader tire gives you in grip, mm. especially on cornering, is 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 outstanding. Yeah. Um, and the rolling resistance is is. They're fast as well, you right. know. Um, you've got a nice sort of short, round contact patch rather than when you get to a skinny tail, you get this long, drawn-out one, which just gets, you know, gets a bit more draggy. It it just does everything mm. really, really well. Does it do anything not so well? Um, I think the one thing with the Defy is that it is exactly what it is. Mm. It is a, an endurance bike. Right. So it hits all the caveats of what that should be. Mm. So... It is a bit shorter. It is a bit taller. So it does give you that more at right position. Right. It's a brilliant bike for if you want to ride from dawn till dusk. Mm. Uh, it, it, I, there's nowhere I'd really rather be. But when you get into that full-on kind of mm. true exciting riding thing, um, you can you can kind of feel the limitations of, so of, does, of does, the position you can put yourself in, as it were. Does it lack a, just a little bit of... Oomph, a little bit of excitement, a little bit of je ne sais quoi. It's um, I, it'd be like comparing a a Grand Tour car, right? You know, like a a big Maserati yep. with a, a little two seater McLaren. Mm. You know, um, it's probably just as fast. And it's damn something more comfortable, but is it quite as thrilling? Yeah, you know, it's not it, quite a seat of seat of the pants. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. But that doesn't stop it winning a prize. It's, it, it's it's without doubt our you know our endurance bike of the year. You know it's yeah. retained that title. It won it last won year. Won it last year. So that leads us on to our last bike. And and I think you know I could say spoiler alert here. We've we've not done it in any particular order, but we have left the bike that Warren thinks and and the guys that have tested it think is our road bike of the year for 2020. What is it, Warren? Um, it's Cannondale's new Super 6 Evo in the carbon Ultegra disc model. Um, the thing with this bike was that out of all the 20 bikes that we tested, it was one of the very cheapest. Mm. It's, it's three, bang on £3,000. Least expensive. The cheapest is probably... <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, least, three, yeah, least expensive, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 3000 3, quid, $3,000, that's pretty good. This Super 6 Evo carbon frame set... Mm can be had for much cheaper. Yeah, you know, yeah. They do a 105 version, they, mm. you know. So, so where would that start? Would that be sort of around the 2,000s? Yeah. Sort yeah, yeah. Pounds, yeah. 2,000 So you're effectively getting that same um, chassis, mm-hmm. I, I call it a system, because, yeah. you know, as with most, most modern bikes, the seat post is dedicated to yeah. the frame, you know. And the frame itself, no, it's not the super like high mod version, but mm. it's um, it, it, 
It's has the, the, all the dynamics of this of of that bike, you know. It's, it's the ballistic, isn't it, or ballistec? I think they call uh, yeah, it. Yeah, balli- ballistic yeah. carbon. You know, um, what does that mean? I mean, is that is, is it just a slightly different weave, different fibers? The the high mod bikes layout. tend to have a bit more high mod carbon fiber. So, what do we them. mean by high mod uh, carbon? High, high modular. So, so it's, mm. it's a lighter yet stiffer, right, okay. stiffer carbon. Um, so it just shaves a bit of weight. Mm-hmm. It, uh, you know, uh, it stiffens stiffens up in some critical areas a little bit. That's not to say that Cannondale's carbon is, you know, it's not, hmm. it, it's not in any way diminishing from that. If we go back to one of our previous bikes of the year, the Cannondale Synapse. Yeah, because this isn't the first time Cannondale no. won. In fact, I think this is their fourth time. We crowned the Cannondale Six a few years ago, then then the Synapse, and then the or the Synapse. I don't know how you say that. And then the Acad Twelve. Uh, so this is, I think, number four. Congratulations, yeah. Cannondale. So if we go back to like when the Synapse won, that was the Synapse Carbon mm. rather than the High Mod. And I always maintained, and it's something I fed back to Cannondale, that the Cannondale Synapse Carbon was a better bike than the High Mod Synapse. Right. Yeah, it was a little heavier, but it did everything the Synapse should mm. do. It had the compliance, it had the comfort. Whereas the High Mod Synapses were like a really racy endurance bike. Mm. You know, it had slightly less aggressive seating position. But it was stiff, mm. uh, and I thought, well, you know, it's kind of missing a missing a beat on that thing. Um, but then, if you go to the CAD twelve, the CAD twelve does share some really interesting things mm. with this new Evo, and that's all about the geometry and the way it handles. That's what we love about same, that bike. N- not the frame material. No, the CAD twelve is obviously yeah, aluminium. Yeah. But Cannondale kind of hit on this sweet spot on race bike geometry, mm. going back to the, even the, the six and then the super six and then eventually the evo the evo is where they kind of got it right and so the evo has had this huge following for, mm. for years and years it's quite a beloved race bike um so when they launched this new evo last year it, it looks different doesn't it It looks so different or doesn't looks the same as as you know yeah the argument yeah could if be. You, you know a lot of the criticisms a lot of the comments we saw about it was like oh it looks just like the tarmac mm-hmm. oh it looks just like the bmc oh it looks just like you know the myriad of other bikes out there and it just seems that once you're introducing aerodynamics into into the equation of race bikes mm. you're, you're going to end up with similar things yeah. you know th- those numbers don't really lie so and the same tricks are uh, are working for everybody so the low slung back end the you know, um, camtail shaped tube in the integration on the front fork. It does all of those things. But um, what the thing I would have missed about a new Evo compared to the old Evo was if it didn't feel like an Evo. For years and years and years, mm. that that previous Evo with its horizontal top tube, its fairly round tubes, its mm. super light chassis, um, that was all well and good. It was a you know, it's a pretty bike in the classical mold. But what set it apart from everything else was the way it handled it was the benchmark for how a race bike should handle, mm. you know, to feel nimble, to just be agile, to just do everything yep. at a supreme level. And this new one, quite quickly after starting to ride it and riding it, you know, I've I've ridden it in lots of different places, you know, um, uh, lots of different countries even, um, it feels just like the old one. Yeah. It, it just hits all of those all of those markers. Um, Cannondale will spill data about comparing mm. it to the old one now it's so many watts faster because of the aerodynamics 30 percent more aero isn't it 30 percent more aero blah you know blah, blah blah that is all well and good and yeah any any performance benefit is fine mm. as long as you don't you know break yes. the magic magical yeah. recipe of the most important thing and that's mm. how a bike feels when you ride it so has this bike got something that we 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 came up with years ago it means nothing but we used to call it thing didn't we you get on it and you go you get on a bike and it just feels right from the off. You 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 ride. You're in it. You're not on it. You're kind yeah. of part of the machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just it, it sounds wrong. It does every. It, it does everything you want it to do. It's nimble. Mm. You know, nimble is a, is a word that always comes to mind mm. with it. Um, it just inspires confidence. Mm. It just it 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 feels so good. Yeah. And even though this was one of the cheapest bikes, least expensive bikes on there, <laughs> um, it was the one I kept returning to, to okay. you know once I, I i tested every single bike in, mm. in you know that was in there and i would go walking out into my garage in the morning to to choose a bike to ride if it was lined up there with a you know another 10 bikes mm. it would always be yeah i think i want to take yeah. that again I'd, and it was always just the one i'd want to go back to mm. um and there's also that that canada have been really clever in the cost effective way mm. they put this bike together it's Ultegra, which is pretty much yep. what you expect at this price exactly what you want um 
they've given you some fairly modest parts. You know, mm-hmm. there's C2 alloy bar and stem, yeah. which you can find on the much cheaper um, mm. Evos. Um, so would that be one of if if you're going to criticise a bike that you're crowning bike of the year? Is that one of the sort of the fact it's sort of mid mid range so kit? So of you know it's it's a bike that's almost certainly so much better than some of its parts. It's really upgradable for starters. It is really yeah. upgradable. You know, if you wanted to move it into the um, to to look like the, the you know the the bikes that EF will be mm. riding. Um, then that not stem and bar system is available aftermarket. Mm. It will just perfectly slot onto slot this bike on, yeah. so you can get a full integrated look going on with the aero mm-hmm. bar, etc. That's all available to you should you want to go down that route. But the the bits on the bike which are more modest mm. are not critical. Right. So they don't really they, affect... Yeah, they've put money where it should be. Mm. You know, it comes with the hologram... Um, SI35 wheels. Mm-hmm. This is a, So are these new... A new... It's a new wheel for Canada, yeah. Mm. So it's a carbon... Sorry, it's a tubeless ready, 35mm mm. deep carbon wheel. It's got a nice broad profile, 90mm internal mm. diameter, which is pretty much the perfect width when you're talking about kind of race tyre yeah. sizes, 25 or 28. Mm-hmm. Shapes the tyre beautifully. They're light. They're sub-1500 grams a pair. You know, it, you have to spend quite a lot of money aftermarket to get a wheel that light. Okay. Uh, and it would be from one of the the big premium wheel only brands, so they they've 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 spent the available budget for putting this bike mm. together exactly where you want it. So because it's got this nice light wheel set, it it feels sprightly. It, it kicks, you know, it responds really fast. Yeah. It's a great bike to climb with. Yeah, so you, so you get um you know you got a pro compact again on here, so uh, a fifty two thirty six with an eleven thirty two, so it, you know you, you can climb on that. The thing the thing you sort of talk about there though, you say it's a race bike. You don't really race, or you don't race. I don't race, and then a lot of the people listening to this actually don't race bikes. So the the people that race bikes, that's a minority of bike buyers nowadays. Yeah. Why would I buy it? I don't, I don't race. Well, I think this is this is the thing that they've done on this new Evo. You know, um, it's something they started introducing to the the last generation's last iteration mm. um, was just improving comfort levels and improving comfort levels. You know, like the mm. first iteration of the Super Six Evo was gobsmackingly light. Yeah, but you'd never describe it as the most comfortable bike on earth. Mm. You know, um, but you kind of dealt with it because the way it handled, the way it felt, the comfort levels that they've managed to bring in onto this new Evo. And that's part and parcel of the frame design. It's part and parcel of the you know some of the components. It has a lot to do with the new wheels with their broader profile that shapes the tire better. All of these things, the comfort levels on this bike, are what I would have expected on a good sportive bike right. three or four years ago. Mm. And it's just there. It's what it is. It's still got the the firmness that means sort of the, that it all leads into the agility that, that that you expect of a race bike, but it doesn't beat you up. It just feels um, almost cosseting. It's right. just it's just great. You still get the, you still get feedback of from the road surface. You still get you still get a sense of everything, but there's nothing there that jars. And so, if you're looking for a bike that can still be a brilliant all-day machine, mm. a brilliant, you know, if, you've, if you're setting yourself a challenge for a, for a big ride, be that be that in a, you know, competitive environment, well, or competitive, but competitive, yeah, yeah. I mean, in a grand final or thing, or if you're just setting a challenge for your mates to go and mm. ride, you know, 100 miles, 100K, whatever, mm. this is a brilliant companion for it. Yeah. You know. Um, so it's, it's just a great all-rounder. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it, it just has this thing where even when you're kind of nestled down in the drops and really hammering and going mm. for it, it's just comfortable. Yeah. You know, it's just, um, it, 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 there's no vibrations coming through that are mm. tiring. There's anything like that. You know, there are, there are things that I, that I tune, but there are things I tune on most bikes. Yeah. You know, saddle choice is, is a personal it's thing. Personal, yeah. Um, you know, this, this is one bike that would really deserve having a short nose saddle because it feels so comfortable when you're down in the drops. It would be good to have, um, a shorter saddle yeah. to relieve the pressure where you don't want pressure. Indeed. Um, so, you know, that would be, you know, one of the things I'd probably, mm look to to change but that's from a personal point of view you know not everybody gets on with that sort of saddle design not everybody wants to ride in that in that, in that position, position for, yeah. for things so it's just a great all-round modern lightweight mm. race bike it's fast it's fun it's comfortable yeah. and actually it's, and it's frugal it's frugal uh, frugalish at three thousand pounds so there we go that that is our 
rather long and winding uh, road to Bike of the Year 2020, the Bike Radar and Cycling Plus Bike of the Year. You can read a lot more about a lot more bikes. Um, there will be brands that, if you have got brand favourites, we will have tested those for sure in, in, in the mag, and you will also be able to find full reviews on Bike Radar as well. There'll also be some videos on our YouTube channel, so make sure you check out all of the Bike of the Year goodness for 2020. And it's not just road, you'll be able to find our um, our Enduro and Trail Bike of the Year from Bike Radar and Mountain Biking UK as well. There'll be podcasts about that too and videos and, of course, in the magazines. Thank you for listening. Warren, thank you for taking the time to, to take us through that. And, of course, do let us know what you think about our choice for Bike of the Year wherever you can uh, and do like and subscribe to the Bike Radar podcast because there will be plenty more of those to come Thank you for listening to the Bike Radar podcast if you want any more information on what we've been talking about or more news and views on cycling check out bikeradar.com Bike Radar